0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio
1: app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Good morning, it's Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Carol, do you feel like thinking this morning?
2: No, but I sure feel like talking and cooking. (laughs)
0: Well, you've come to the right place. What's happening? What happened with you this past week, and what have you been cooking?
2: I had a wonderful week and a really good week in the kitchen. Nothing exciting. There was a peach galette involved. The peaches Hmm. are right now from South Carolina. We're pretty much through with the Mississippi, Alabama, and some of the Georgia peaches, but... They are so tasty, yeah,
0: well.
3: and
2: uh, it, you know that that was a big thing, and also a fun thing I did was a watermelon and arugula salad, mm, and it just good. had it just had a little lemon and olive oil, salt and pepper tossed with it, and you had that sweet taste of the watermelon and a little bitter uh taste of the arugula in uh-huh. Or peppery taste is is more what you say. It's not bitter. It's Uh, a peppery taste. But it was good. How about you?
0: Well, we made a lot of salads this weekend, and you're talking about that. Brings up the question of, for our listeners, do you put fruit in your green salads? And I often do. You you just made a salad with watermelon. I often chop apples and strawberries and throw them in with a sort of traditional salad of, you know, greens from salad days, of course. Of course. And uh, cucumbers, carrots, onions. I like to put olive salad in my green salad.
2: Yeah, you're big on putting olive salad into many, many things.
0: I think olive salad is the salve that could save humanity if people (laughs) would only get on board, Carol.
2: I know. I know (laughs) you do. I know you do. Now, I agree with you about fruit in salads. You know, I like a lot of different mm-hmm. taste and textures, and I like a salad with nuts and you know, a little bite of sweetness. I mean, whether it's a raisin or a dried cranberry or a blueberry.
0: Now, I'm with you except for the nuts. I do not want nuts in my salad.
2: I'll try to remember that. <laughs> fruit,
0: yes. Nuts, no.
2: But um, I don't know if you saw the plate I did on Cooking and Coping. I had guessed. Uh, I happily entertained Carmen Walters, who is the president of Tougaloo College, and Turi Flucker, who is... Uh, Fluker. Yeah. Fluker. He used to work
0: at the Arts Commission.
2: He did, and he's the you know collector of uh, art at Tougaloo. But I entertained them and did a, a salad plate with chicken salad, my watermelon salad, Loved beet it. salad and what I wanted to tell you was I did the grilled corn salad mm. that one of our guests Trudy Fisher the great woman of the grill did and I do that all the time I mean you just take the ears of corn and put them on the grill or even your yeah if you have a grill on your stove and mm-hmm. cook cook the corn for 15 minutes turning it every two minutes just to get a little brown on it and then you scrape it off throw it with a little olive oil salt and pepper and basil and boy is it good and yeah we learned so many things of this show but that is that is one of my go-to recipes for summer
0: well that sounds great. i love uh roasted corn for sure somebody was telling me about a new corn variety they tried last week and it and I can't come up with uh, the name of it, but it sounded very interesting. They had discovered this corn variety. I think it was grown in Iowa. Uh, but anyway, I'll have to do some digging to try to recall that. At my house this weekend, uh, I didn't do much of anything. We had a we had a little party at our house for I, you had a party at your house. And by the way, Java, did, did your invitation come for uh, for Carol's dinner? I'm going to
3: have to check the mail. Yeah, yeah
2: check, think, the, I, mail. I check the mail. I'm pretty
0: sure it's coming. Yeah. She keeps telling us about these dinner parties. Th- that uh, happened in the, <laughs> in the
2: Check your mailbox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had a dinner party uh, at our house yesterday for three five-year-olds. So there were grilled cheese involved and uh, a strawberry cake. Uh, Cara made a beautiful strawberry cake for the five-year-olds, and uh, I enjoyed it very much. And... I meant to bring y'all some, uh, but uh, I got sidetracked. The uh, AC man showed up just as I was leaving to deal with uh, a condensation issue in An my issue. in my attic. So
2: Well, if you looked at cooking and coping this morning, uh, did you see the plumbing issue?
0: No, I missed our, it. That
2: our friend Leanne galt had a major plumbing issue and there was a, you could just see a picture of old pipes in mud everywhere. But the point of it was the other picture was a plate of fried oysters with Old Bay aioli that she fed the plumbers to keep them going.
0: Oh, boy, now there's a strategy. Yeah,
2: another cooking and coping person, uh, Barbara Tuccio, had given Leanne oysters for her birthday. And, you know, Thursday was National Oyster Day. Saw
0: that, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So Leanne fried them the way that, Uh, Melissa, who wrote Mosquito Supper Club Cookbook, does.
0: Who was on our show.
2: Yes, she was, and she uses masa, or a really fine corn flour, white corn flour, and then corn starch, Mm -hmm. and it gives it a lot of crispy, crunchy.
0: Yeah, I would think so. Fascinating. So, it was a busy week on Cooking and Coping, as you have begun to describe. It's uh, become quite a A communication tool for this show. I mean, we not only take phone calls, hint, hint, from our listeners, uh, but we also take emails from our listeners. This week, we got a bunch. We'll talk about those a little bit later on. Uh, But we also communicate with our listeners through our Facebook site, Cooking and Coping. And we often get great tips, hear great stories, recipes. We hear about cooking techniques. We hear about gadgets in the kitchen and we hear about even people who fall into cooking ruts from cooking and coping
2: it's they, a great place to get out of a cooking uh, a cooking rut and i turn to it many many times like i can hardly wait to go home and do those oysters that leanne did now malcolm were well, you
3: talking about the uh, seneca horizon uh variety of corn um,
0: maybe so uh were got, you telling me about I look, it? I looked it up,
3: and um, it was uh, in Iowa. They do Silver Queen, and I know you know about that. Uh, yeah, 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 of course. I've right, right, that right. before. But this uh, Seneca Horizon, um, really sweet, uh, tender huh. kernels.
0: That may be it. Okay. Uh, and I can't remember. But I remember whoever had it <clears throat> told me they simply they cooked it in the microwave. They said they just uh, threw, washed it, threw it in the microwave, for a few minutes, salt, pepper, and it was just outrageous. So, anyway, there's a lot of cool corn out there. And hey, cool since ways you're to a
2: Wiggins it. person, yes. growing up around there, do you know somebody named Sean Courtney? I do. Wiggins? I really, do. I
0: know Sean well.
2: Well, I, I've just kind of run into him on cooking and coping. And this weekend for National Oyster Day, he did the most beautiful roasted oysters.
0: I saw that. Sean is a uh, a renaissance guy. He, um, I think, his real day job is he's a al- he's a lawyer, but that's irrelevant. Uh, but he he has. It this... is irrelevant when you say <laughs> what's
2: coming out of his kitchen. Yeah,
0: well, he's not only a uh, connoisseur of uh, good food and cooking. He's also a music connoisseur. Java. He he hosts his own little local music festival. Down there in Wiggins called Wigginstock, oh wow, and he has bands perform in his yard every year, <laughs> and they cook and they listen to music and he has people over and it's a real annual thing but yeah uh, they're they're a, a fascinating, very creative family, got two beautiful young daughters, and they go all over the world and they they cook and they entertain and they represent Stone County and Wiggins very well. Well, he
2: fooled me because uh, part of his handle or whatever you call it is something about it said from the Wiggins Town Test Kitchen, right? And so I thought that was a place, you know, up east like Christopher Kimball has America's Test. I thought the Wiggins Town Test Kitchen was
0: no, it's it's his house.
2: Okay, and well, he
0: and he tests all sorts of. Uh, foods and recipes, and yeah, and and he's an avid cooking and coping.
2: Well, participant. and he also uh, shared some news. Actually, you and Job and I were so on top of things. We already had this news, but Sean put it out there to the four thousand two hundred people on cooking and coping, and that is that Mississippi's own chef Austin Sumral from Biloxi won the Great American Seafood Cook-Off. He is now the king of American seafood.
0: Congratulations to Chef Austin Summerall.
2: Yeah, and he's the chef of the White Pillars. That's right. And he's doing some amazing things down there. He was nominated for a James Beard Award. He made the semifinals in the James Beard Awards. I guess it was either this year or, or last year, but I can't wait you know because of covid i haven't been down there and right. i can't wait he did um uh, he did snapper three ways right and one of them was a grilled snapper rib now that's something i want to know about
0: okay so I,
2: like do you have a slab of snapper ribs or is it one piece
0: I, is that the flap
2: I, I, I don't know, but we'll, I do we'll think we, to, need we need to get, get Sean. Let's get Sean I mean, get Austin
0: on the show, and we will not only find out about the snapper ribs. We'll remember get the Sean Mayflower and Austin. Yes, we'll get them both on here. But anyway, uh, I just got a text from Thomas Williams, and he In reminded Nashville, me Tennessee. that he is the guy that told me about the corn, and it's Coon's choice is the name of the from Illinois. I had it all wrong. It's not from Iowa. You did say Iowa. <laughs> I know. I, I realize that. Sorry, Thomas. Uh, but at least, you know, we've gotten to the bottom of this. Coons Choice Corn from Illinois. So there you go. Or is it and, Illinois? Yeah, Thomas
2: Williams from Nashville is a great procurer of food, a great curator of food.
0: All right. So, again, <clears throat> if you're interested in checking out a relatively new restaurant, not new in terms of the building and the restaurant's age, but new owners, new operators, uh, Chef Austin Summerall at the historic White Pillars uh, restaurant in Biloxi, <clears throat> long time operated, as I recall, by the Mladnich family and famous for Eggplant Josephine.
2: Josephine.
0: Beautiful restaurant. Right across the street from the Mississippi Sound.
2: I mean, how much closer to the seafood can you get for the king of seafood?
0: I remember him saying in the article that, you know, he's across the street from the Gulf of Mexico. How can he not have access to great Gulf seafood?
2: Yeah. And he's from Macomb. Right. Went to Ole Miss through the hospitality management program and then to the Culinary Institute of America. Where he got his classical training. So he's been around.
0: Congratulations to Mississippi's own chef, Austin Summerall, from the White Pillars Restaurant in Biloxi. Check it out when you can. All right, we've got a caller on the phone. We've got Kathleen from Osaka. Hello, Kathleen.
4: Well, good morning, guys. Now, you know I like to call with tips and stuff to help people out. Today, I've got an ongoing dilemma, and I need some help. I know I'm not inept in the kitchen, but I can't get grits creamy. I don't know what to do. I have followed recipes, changed brands, and added too much water, too much milk. Mm. I just want good old-fashioned, not the instant, but something that actually does get creamy, not gritty.
0: Well... That's a great question, and we appreciate you posing it to us. I'll start with Carol, and then I will gladly fill in around the edges, which probably won't be many. Carol, how do you make creamed grits? Famous, made famous in Jackson by the Primo's family.
2: Well, and there's, with the Primo's, there is a lot of uh, whipped cream and butter involved, mm. which always makes things creamy. But I've been having a lot of fun with grits lately. About a year ago, Garden & Gun magazine did a whole article on grits, and it had different chefs, you know, what brands they use, and it was really a, you know, who's who of the grits makers in the South. So my significant other, John Palmer, ordered grits from every single one of these Grits grinders or, or <laughs> grit growers, grits grits growers. I think
0: grit grinders is a great uh, explanation for that.
2: And folks. last week, and and uh, Kathleen, I'm sorry, I'm really not going to answer your question, but the, I I uh, cooked grits from Anson Mill Farms in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. You can go on your on their website. They were so creamy, and they were a, a heritage, the a heritage grit. The corn, I believe it was called Southern Bell, or, or it was called anbellum. Annabellum, Anab- and the uh, corn variety was actually, the seeds were one that they used in the 1860s, and it was so much sweeter and so much creamier. So, you know, maybe the grit the grit <laughs> itself the grits the itself.
0: grit is your dilemma
2: <laughs> but oh. uh you know you know i'm just uh, uh, i i cook them in milk when i'm trying to make them creamy Not water. instead of water
0: correct same here
2: and maybe add a little chicken stock and yeah you know, then there is a lot of butter involved
0: well for me you know i just simply use milk instead of water that for starters cook them very slow Follow the directions, you know. Put the top on it. Let them cook, and then at the end is where I get all creamy. There you can add the butter if you want, half and half, cheese. I mean, there's a there's a million ways to cream a grit once it is cooked in a liquid. Uh, Very interesting. Very good. At the end is where I go creamy, um, and, and and I might choose cheese. I might choose. Butter and half and half. I might choose any other kind of ingredient that uh, gets me going. But anyway, I think, you know, cooking them with milk instead of water is a starting place. And then creaming at the end before you serve them uh, to taste. Lots of
2: butter. Sounds good. Uh, Reminds me of Rick Bragg, the great Southern author who says that grits are merely a palate salt sugar butter and cheese
0: and cream bl- that's right. yes
2: and cream a blank a blank canvas
0: kathleen thanks so much for listening and for calling deep south dining carol and i are going to take a short break we'll come back we'll continue taking calls and emails and talking about all things southern flavorish um we'd love to hear from you if you've got any sort of uh issues in your kitchen. If you're in a food rut and you want some tips on how to get out of the ditch, we'll take a shot at that. Tell us what you're cooking, what you're getting at the farmers markets, and where you are. 1-800, no, 1-877-672-7464 is the number. And we'd love to hear from you. Carol and I will be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Welcome back to Deep South, Donnie. Malcolm White here with the one and only Carol Puckett. Carol, what you doing over there? You're scrolling like a mad person.
2: I am scrolling. Um, I was trying to find... Find a Facebook post.
0: Oh, okay.
2: It was about you, and I found it. Oh, you found it. I found it.
0: <laughs> well, okay. i read
2: about you. <laughs> I saw this under your your Facebook. I think it was it was last week, and it's from somebody named Christopher. Is it right. C- Christopher McLean? Mc- Christopher McLean in North Carolina. Right on. And he was commenting. on... Uh, you know, on one of your posts, and he—I'm re- not going to read the whole thing—but he talked about when he writes a post, he pours his heart into his Facebook post. He said he wades out knee deep, up to his neck in the dire straits of disingenuous disquisition, <laughs> to tell the world what's on his mind on Facebook. And then he goes back on Facebook a few hours later to see how many people loved what he said and commented. And he said he'll see, like, three likes, one question mark, and one ha-ha. And he said, and then he scrolls down a bit and he sees, okay, this is what he says. He says, I see a dear friend of mine from Mississippi has posted a picture of a tomato. which, more than anything else, is really just a bacon tease. (laughs) And in so doing, has received 400 likes, loves, and counting. And uh, this is what really touched me. He said, the surprise is this. So far from making me resentful or dispirited in any way, I actually feel this deep sense of nostalgia and am more than grateful to have known such a man and proud as hell to have given my son, who is every bit as wonderful, his name.
0: There you go. It was
2: sweet.
0: <clears throat> Starts with a tomato and ends with love.
2: It does. It does.
0: That's beautiful. <clears throat> We've got some callers now. Uh, let me see. We have uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte from Fairhope, Alabama. Hello, Charlotte. Hello Charlotte, you're on the air.
4: Good morning. Just a comment about how to make creamy grits. I'm Hello. driving along into your radio broadcast and the secret is white American cheese at the end.
0: White it American ra- cheese at the end.
4: After after the grits are cooked, before you're ready to serve them, you add normally put depending on how many people I'm cooking for, I just add slices of white American cheese, and it makes the creamiest thrift, and I'm kind of famous for that.
0: Oh, well, if you're famous for it, perhaps we should sit at the table and partake.
4: (laughs) Exactly. So just try adding some white American cheese when they're finished cooking, and I don't like them lumpy, so I'd like mine more on the creamier side. And I've noticed you don't even have to add any water after that, just the cheese.
0: Do you start with water or milk?
4: I start with water.
0: Okay, there you go.
4: A little bit of butter and a little bit of salt (laughs) in the water. And I like the five-minute grits, so I cook them. And when they're finished, I add slices of white American cheese and just stir them in, and it's perfect.
0: Well, we appreciate your listening, and we certainly appreciate your calling. Be safe out there, and we will give it a shot. Thanks for sharing the recipe. We always enjoy that. In fact, I just uh, got a um, text from our Cooking and Coping Facebook page from one of our uh, participants. Amanda Ellison Anglin has just written in and says, Grits, quick grits, she says, salt to taste your water good amount of water bring it to a boil stir until they absorb the water if you still see individual grits add more water and keep stirring add Land of Lakes Mini Moo half and half plate up bowl up add lots of butter and enjoy there you go so everybody has their own version All right, another caller on the line Joe is calling from Oxford hello Joe how are
1: y'all today? Lovely. You? Doing great, doing great. Making some tortillas. Mmm.
0: Breakfast tortillas.
2: Hey, Correct. Joe, uh, we really thank you for the email last week. and 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 it, it just really hit me that you said love the show and the opportunity to nerd out about food because that is that's totally you named it that's what we do
1: Uh, i'm a huge fan of it i'm just i just love it i love everything about it well we appreciate
0: Uh, you participating what's so tell us what's happening with you
1: oh not much um making some bread and some tortillas so i got a staff party today and Uh, I wanted to call and give Java some props. He inspired me with the uh, Mediterranean mule he talked about using fig vodka. Ah, yeah, yeah. How was it? Really good. Uh, So I changed up the fig vodka a little bit. Instead of just cutting them up and letting them soak in the vodka, I actually poached them in equal parts sweet vermouth and Amaro, so you get some bittersweet action happening. And then put it in, like let it infuse, strained it out. And then instead of using lime juice, I used lemon juice. And instead of using ginger beer, I made a ginger and oregano shrub. Uh, just wanted to just play around with wow. it. That was really good. Okay, that that does sound good.
2: And Java is downright <laughs> inspirational, but it really um, is. I would like to hear about your your tortillas. So it sounds like you're hand making tortillas. No, yes, uh, ma'am. No grocery store tortillas for you.
1: <laughs> no, I mean I I normally just buy grocery store tortillas, but. Uh, I'm making quesadillas for the staff party, and I wanted to do something a little extra nice, and they're really not hard. It's four ingredients. It's water, flour, salt, and lard. You can use olive oil or vegetable oil if you don't want to use lard, but lard is just better.
2: And so are you using uh, masa?
1: No, man, these are flour. I'm not doing corn tortillas. Um, These are... uh, pretty big i'd say about six and six or seven inches across i've got a press you can roll them out by hand but you can also just buy a press online or any cooking store for less than ten dollars they're really cheap
0: Now, joe you're prepping for an employee party is that at the restaurant
1: grit yes sir mm-hmm. T-
0: again tell us just to touch about that some of our listeners certainly are familiar with grit in taylor mississippi and
1: some, some want to be <laughs> oh well come on by come on by and see us um so we've added a lot of new cool things to the menu, and, we'll, we'll, and this is what I said when we take different takes on classic dishes. So we have a smoked brisket small plate, but so instead of just you know brisket and maybe some slaw, what we've done is we've put a pickled watermelon relish on it,
4: mm-hmm. and then
1: top that with a whipped corn cream, and the flavors just play really well together. Uh, it's kind of hard to beat. You have that smoky brisket, and you get the tangy sour and then just a little bit of that sweet, creamy flavor to kind of balance the whole thing out. Can, um,
0: can you share how you make the whipped corn cream?
1: So you uh, cut kernels off of the cob, and then you steep them in hot cream to infuse the cream itself, and then you strain it out. At least that's how I think it's done. I've been more up front in the front of the house lately than uh-huh. I have in the back.
0: That sounds great. It sounds it, like it'd it would be is. a nice finish for a lot of things. Mm-hmm.
1: And if I may, I wanted to uh, throw out there, anybody in North Mississippi or in Oxford, this Friday upcoming, Friday the 13th, ooh, is going to be the Iron Bartender at the Yachna Arts Council Powerhouse. So great. right off the square in Oxford, there's going to be a, all the best bartenders of Oxford getting together to make drinks. And we'll find out sometime this week what our ingredients have to be. But uh, if there's anybody in the area, come check us out.
2: Oh, that it's, is a great idea. Yeah,
0: and it's a fundraiser, I suppose, for the Yakmatatha Arts Council. Yes. Wayne always doing a good job there. Oh yeah, Wayne's great. Yeah.
1: Big fan of him.
2: Well, uh thank you and good luck at the mm-hmm. Iron
1: Barton. <laughs> thank you. And y'all come see me at grid sometime.
0: We will do it. And thanks so much for listening and thank you ever so much for calling and sharing your vast knowledge and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really, it's it's inspirational. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, love to nerd it. Oh, I just like out. to learn every day and nerd out, like, like I said.
0: Well, welcome to the nerd farm, <laughs> Joe. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Joe. All right, uh, you know, Carol. Often, people who cook regularly fall into ruts. Um, they they tend to cook the same things over and over and over, and they think, well. This is what I know. I'm going to stick to the basics. Every time I experiment, you know, it gets a little wonky. and so
2: Or it takes time to experiment.
0: Correct. People are busy. Uh,
2: it's just easy to reach, you know, reach into your bag of tricks that you already know and just right. put it out there.
0: So you have some tips for breaking out of the traditional cooking food rut.
2: I do. Um, you know, first of all, just let yourself off the hook. Everybody is busy, and all meals do not have to be imaginative or fancy. So, you know, just go easy on yourself. And one that I really like is go go foraging in your kitchen and in your refrigerator. Use scraps and leftovers to make uh, a lot of fun things. My favorite is to do stir-fry. I take... You know, bits and pieces of vegetables, or if you I know, have just like a little piece of chicken left for dinner, and I you know, wrap them up and save them in the refrigerator and then do a stir-fry. And equally as good as doing a stir-fry is doing pasta with yes. the ingredients and vegetables in your refrigerator. And
0: furthermore, making a soup. You're My a, grandfather's yes, you're a soup man. specialty was once a week cleaning out the refrigerator, making a big pot of soup that he called... Slumgullion.
2: Slumgullion.
0: Yes. It's in the dictionary. Really? Absolutely.
2: Wow. Look it okay, up. Okay, you heard you heard it here. Um you know, and another another thing that hits me is, is to yeah, you know, do a riff on what you're already doing. And at our house we have fish every weekend. We go to Dugan Seafood right. on Friday and pick up golf filets.
0: Or you bait a hook right there off of your deck. Or
2: we bait a hook and, and we do that. But I found the really way to to pick those up is with uh, sauces. And one of my favorite I've been doing recently is paprika butter. And that was just a side on some Martha Stewart recipe I saw one time. And you, you're just really stirring paprika into butter. Wow. And you can... You know, get it hard and put it on top of the fish or, yeah, just wipe it on there. And another thing is the Old Bay aioli that we were talking about. On the oysters. Had, yeah. So, you know, an aioli is a garlic mayonnaise. It's, you know, French in origin, but it's a real garlicky, thinner mayonnaise. Many recipes out there for it. Easy, easy, easy. And you put a half a teaspoon or however much of Old Bay seasoning, and if you're like me, and you don't want to get out your blender or food processor and make the, or your bowl and your whisk, I stir the Old Bay into mayonnaise, and it makes a great, that's a, a faux aioli, but it makes a great <laughs> sauce for fish. So you can take, you know, what you're doing and just add one element like that and it, it changes Everything.
0: So are, are you saying that <clears throat> when you make this aioli sauce, you start with a mayonnaise or you start by making an, an well, aioli? The,
2: well, I, my man, my mayonnaise is my cheat for you. the aioli. But with, with the aioli, you yeah, basically take two egg yolks, chop up some garlic, a little salt and pepper, uh, olive oil in the blender, just like you would make a mayonnaise. So
0: it ain't Duke's.
2: It ain't Dukes, but Dukes and Old Bay or Dukes and your favorite seasoning, that's good, too. Okay. Now, here's another inspiration uh, that we had this morning. You know, our friend Kevin Farrell here has been bringing desserts.
0: Cookies, mostly.
2: Cookies. Last week, it was peanut butter blossoms.
0: The, the blossom was a Hershey's Kiss,
2: it was, and they, they were delicious, and we were asking him this. Well, we'll just let him tell his story, but the, the what really caught me about this is you can get inspiration from anywhere. You don't have to be reading cooking magazines, cooking shows, watching cooking shows. It, food inspiration can come from anywhere. Take it away.
5: Well, um, I've always enjoyed listening to uh, audiobooks when I take a long trip out of town, especially if there don't have any pastors with me. It's great to have the book uh, to listen to as you travel the roads. And one uh, series I kind of stumbled upon, uh, the protagonist is uh, Hannah Swenson, who owns The Cookie Jar, which is a cookie bakery in Minnesota. And the series of books are all mysteries. So each week, or each book, that is, uh, Hannah solves a mystery. It's one of those things like murder. She wrote this is a little town in Minnesota, but uh, there are all these people getting killed there, so you got to kind of <laughs> wonder about that. But uh, she solves the mystery. But in the book, the author includes the recipes for the cookies that the character bakes in the story, and so I always thought that was kind of cool because, and even in the audiobook you hear the the narrator saying, you know, three cups of flour, that sort of thing. So, i I'm just recently have started doing cookies and it dawned on me I'm like well that's why you're doing cookies because you read all, the, so many of these books
0: <laughs> <laughs> see inspiration comes from many places
2: yeah inspiration
0: thanks Kevin we appreciate that it's a great story uh, for how to get inspired and one last uh, tip uh, on getting out of the food or cooking rut is one of my father's all time favorites is hey why not breakfast for dinner
2: oh I love it breakfast for dinner who doesn't like that? I know. Have you noticed how many frittatas are being made on cooking and coping on Sunday nights?
0: There's a frittata outbreak.
2: There is a frittata <laughs> outbreak. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing, talking about using ingredients from your refrigerator.
0: And, you know, speaking of big breakfast, uh, I was recently um, down on 30A Uh, spending some time in Grayton Beach, and I went down to Rosemary Beach, which living down there in the 90s, Rosemary Beach was nothing. It was just a stretch of highway, 30A, uh, between uh, Seaside uh, and uh, Panama City. But now it's a total development. Uh, And there, as I was driving by, I saw the grand opening of a big, Big Bad Breakfast. John Currents of Oxford has opened up a restaurant down in Rosemary.
2: That is so wonderful. I mean, everybody loves Big Bad Breakfast in Oxford, and and he's expanded. I think he has one in Birmingham now, too. But everybody loves Big Breakfast, especially Big Bad Breakfast.
0: Yeah, well, there's nothing like it. One last tradition to consider is how about a Meatless Monday, a Taco Tuesday, or a National Food of the Day?
2: Like National Oyster Day. Correcto this Change O. National Catfish Month.
0: Well, get behind the bottom feeders, what I say. Use those catfish, grill them, fry them, poach them.
2: But make sure they are American farm raised. Pref- Absolutely. Pref- preferably Mississippi farm raised.
0: All right, we're going to take another break. We'll come back. We will. Hopefully hear from you if you have something to share. If not, Carol and I will continue to babble on about things that are and in our world. Out. And nerd out. And out on food. It is painless. It is toll-free. It is 1-877-672-7464. Or if you prefer, emailing us at food at mpbonline.org. Carol and I will take a brief pause. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Carol Puckett and Malcolm White talking about all kind of fun stuff today, including grits. Yes. And we just had a caller who did not remain on the line in order for us to talk to them, but he had an opinion about grits.
2: And he had a message for us.
0: And he said, why are you going on about creamy grits? Grits are grits. Why don't you just leave them alone? Enjoy them. And
2: Yes, and then he said...
0: Well, Kevin said, would you like to go on the air and share it with our listeners? And he said, no, I think Carol and Malcolm have done quite well making fools of themselves already.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for calling.
2: Yes, he I'll take that.
3: He might have been on to something because I I looked up um, the thing in Edna Lewis, the, the, the national treasure, that Edna Lewis is, um, she said people should really leave grits alone. Um, she said she didn't really... Like, you know, all of the... Adding the fancy ingredients to her beloved uh, Southern staple and her little five-ingredient creamy grit recipe was enough, so... Five uh,
0: ingredients.
2: Maybe she's yes. onto
0: something. I
3: don't know.
2: Well, I, I mean... But I do like And he And he is onto something that Malcolm and I are making fools of ourselves. We do it <laughs> often. No.
0: Yeah, but we enjoy it. Yes. So, we, Carol, we have some emails this week. We sort of had a, a long list of them here. You want to... Um, one of them was from Joe... Um, Is it Biddick? Biddick. Biddick, Joe, who called earlier uh, from uh, Taylor, Mississippi, and uh, coined the term nerding out about food, which we love. So he uh, operates a restaurant, I suppose, works at a restaurant as part of a restaurant called Grit in Taylor, Mississippi. So we appreciate Joe calling in. And he just says that he loves the show and he loves the opportunity to nerd out about food
2: well i 'm going to go to the email from Craig Newbold. He said, "Is an induction stove good for making fried eggs? I tried one. It went from too cold to way too hot, and um, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit okay. when I was with Viking Range, you know we came out with a portable induction cooker and then, you know, induction induction range. And, Portable
0: so that people could take yeah,
2: it. Yeah, it, it's a, uh, like you see chefs on television yeah. cooking. It, For just, cooking
0: demonstrations. Yes,
2: or to have an additional burner, okay. you know, when you need it. Don't know if they still have that in the line. Anyway, I did learn a little bit about it and also did a little bit of research about fried eggs and induction. Okay. The important things, Craig, are temperature and size of your pan, okay. and you have to be ready when you turn on that induction burner. You have you have to be ready to go because it's going to heat up. Because it's ready, it is ready, and you need a lubricant. You need you know oil or butter, and and that uh, the oil or butter is going to go really really fast. So be ready with you know have your eggs already cracked and ready. Um, and put them on there. You need to, to keep it on about 270 to 275, and that's the, the prime temperature for fried eggs. Okay. So I uh, hope that helps a little bit, but try to use something like a 7- or 8-inch omelet pan. And be ready to go, and keep your temperature temperature about two seventy 270 or two seventy
0: five. I've never cooked on an induction stove, so I don't. I, I know that they're made to be hot and hot fast, and
2: yeah, and that's they're all I know. they're magnetic. You know, I saw them maybe twenty years ago in kitchens in are Europe. they electric? Yeah, okay. yeah, they're electric, okay. and uh, yeah, in kitchens in Europe, and I just thought that was so like Elaine Ducasse and Pierre all these all these Europeans because they're so energy conscious or and more space so than, conscious yes.
0: because they yeah. have less room And than I we just
2: love love seeing it when you know there've been a couple of forays of waves of induction cooking in the US and you know just people couldn't wrap their heads around it you have to have a magnetized cookware and the first time I learned about oh, that's it was right. People would walk around my store, the Everyday Gourmet, with a magnet in their hand and go up and see oh, if the magnet if... would, you know, like, like uh, Le Creuset cookware doesn't magnetize, mm. you know, finding something that has a magnetic bottom.
0: Great. Well, so the second question that Craig posed um, is, has anyone done any salt block cooking? And I have not.
2: I have not, and hoping that there is a listener out there who has.
0: But I did Google it because I didn't really know what it was, and uh, I guess it's cooking on salt. Yes. And and hope. Have, have
2: you seen the salt blocks like in stores?
0: No. Are they like not a salt lick stores. out in a cow pasture? Yes,
2: but they're okay. usually thin. It's more, uh, more like this.
0: Okay, like a laptop.
2: Like like a laptop.
0: Hmm. And it's a, a block of salt. And yes. you cook on top of it. Yes. How do you heat it up? I don't know. In the oven?
2: I would suppose. You're the one that Googled it.
6: <laughs>
0: Touche. Now it was also attributed to a certain country when I that I Googled, like it was famous in that country and I've now forgotten what it is. Himalayan. The Himala- that's right. It was Himalayan called the Himalayan salt block. Salt block. And I'm so, just I, quick you know, at pictures. go ahead. Java's a smart guy. No, He's just well, going to I read.
3: Just say, I'm, I'm, hey, Google, Google is a friend to us all. But I was just looking at quick pictures, and people just put the entire salt block on the grill uh. or in the oven. And it just, I mean, you know, like you say, you just cook on top of the salt block.
0: Well, that's the best we can do, Craig. <laughs> so, uh, I, neither Carol or I. Have uh, used salt block cooking techniques, but uh, if you if you're a listener and you know about this technique, we'd love to hear from you. you can shoot us an email or give us a call on the phone. All right, other emails, Carol.
2: Well, uh, there are two. I'm going to go first to Stephen Stray, okay? He, who liked our discussion of reducing uh, and replacing salt with herbs and spices, and he has some great suggestions to pass on. Uh, he says to use umami containing condiments we'll come back yeah. to that word okay such as soy sauce kimchi parmesan cheese preserved lemon etc and if you add the same amount of miso as you would salt you get less total salt but you get extra flavor and i thought this was a good time to talk about the term umami
0: good <laughs> You're the one that googled it.
2: <laughs> I did not. I, I know uh, know all about. It. Yeah, umami is. They call it the fifth taste.
4: Oh. It
2: you know uh, there are four tastes in Western cooking that we. Uh, it, it, I'm going to give you a test.
0: Okay. The, they the, no no I don't know I was going to say number one sweet sweet we know that one sweet S- salt. sour uh oh salt
2: oh and sour yeah and bitter okay and so those are in western cooking what you know what we know are the basic taste and umami is a is described as a fifth taste it comes from a japanese word that means like savory and delicious but it's a subtle other savory dimension okay it's other worlds. Like the fifth dimension. Like the fifth dimension. And
0: of flavor.
2: I, I was of really taste. interested, and now they're actually, of course, making in, in spice jars umami. So. Excellent.
0: Well, that's a great question, Stephen. Thank you. And I think we got off on that topic because a, a caller asked us about sugar and salt substitutes. And look, we want to hear all about it, we want to know uh, what other people have tried. Uh, but meanwhile, we've got a caller from Florence, Mississippi. We have Wayne on the phone. Hello, Wayne. Good
6: morning. I have a comment about grits. I would ignore the uh, cooking instructions. They talk about five-minute grits. No, it would take about 20 minutes to really make them soft and creamy.
0: Okay. So cook them 20 minutes, you're saying.
6: Well, yeah, what exactly. he's saying
2: is no quick grits. No and quick grits. I'm with you on that.
6: Exactly, and they make a good ingredient for making bread. You know, sourdough bread, uh, you add a cup of grits, it it has a kind of a masa, uh, mm. adds to the sourness of the sourdough bread. Very good. Another, another thing I'm uh, cooking this morning, I'll tell you about, is uh, cooking some hot weather greens that they sell down at the farmer's market at the fairgrounds on Saturday morning. Footprint Farm sells on uh, calaloo greens, mm-hmm. they call it they call it a callaloo green it's, it's a form of a kind of a vegetable amaranth and it grows well in hot weather and it's delicious it's just as good as any green uh, turnips mustard things like that you it, only are good in the fall cool weather that right now that, that this green is really good
0: do you cook it the same way you would cook uh, regular greens
6: yes standard hmm. uh, I think you and I are on the same wavelength on that I I always chop up a whole onion right three or four cloves of garlic uh, and maybe ground it. just a little bit of ginger if you've got uh, some uh, these are Asian greens and and are very popular in uh, Southeast Asia So, to uh, and add a little bit of uh, soy sauce just to maybe a teaspoon and a half to, to the end to kind of uh, give it a kind of stir fry kind of taste
0: Okay, man, that's great tip. And uh, for our listeners, if uh, if you're looking for these Callaloo's, uh I guess they're in other farmers market. They are. They're here in Jackson at the Mississippi Market. Is what you're saying? No, you said you saw them. Yeah, at the market.
2: Footprint Farms
0: from up in Florida. Yeah, from Jackson, Jackson, from West Jackson. Dr. Yes,
2: West Jackson.
1: Now
6: yeah, West Jackson. Yeah, Sydney
2: Ayers.
0: Gotcha. Go ahead.
6: I think there's a large Caribbean community here in town, and, uh, and this, this Callaloo is very, very popular down in the, in the Caribbean.
0: Man, that's okay. a great tip. You know, there's a restaurant downtown. <clears throat> it's a Caribbean restaurant. Uh, huh. It's in the old um, Crystal Hamburger on the corner of Capitol and <clears throat> whatever that street is there. And um, I've eaten there many times. It's really good. It's only open for lunch, but uh, it is owned and operated by folks uh, with a Caribbean background and delicious food.
6: Well, good. I'm going to try that out. Thank you for your help, and i love, enjoy your show.
0: Thank you, Wayne. We appreciate you listening and calling. And from Mobile, Alabama, we have Angie on the phone. Hello, Angie.
6: Hi. How
0: are you?
4: I'm doing well, sir.
0: Great. What's going on with you?
4: Um, I was calling today um, because I'm going to try my hand at making a jelly or jam. I really don't know what the difference is a neighbor gave me a five-pound bucket full of pears, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to do like a low sugar or like no sugar, use like the artificial sugar in place, because I want to give it to some diabetic family members. Right. So, I was just wondering if you guys had um, any tips at all. Like, I'm new. I've never done anything like this before, but I just want to try to do a sugar-free or very low sugar type of jam or jelly with pears.
0: Okay. Well, Amanda, we appreciate your listening and calling. We're, unfortunately, we're running out of time here, but what we're going to do oh. is, that's okay. Next Monday, we will talk uh, extensively about this topic. We will do some digging, but mainly the pears already have a lot of sugar in them, and there are substitutes.
2: I've never substituted sugar, but I'll do some research. And uh, if you have access to a, to a computer, go to YouTube on how to make pear preserves. There's a wonderful uh, tutorial by a, a husband and wife from Whipperwill Holler in Arkansas. Oh, great.
0: Well, hopefully that will help, Angie. And again, we'll dig into this.
4: Google that. Yeah, you
0: Google that. We'll dig in next week. And we appreciate that's a, a very thoughtful question for us to ponder. And we love thoughtful questions as we nerd out on food right here on Deep South Dining, which is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. And we thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, I'm Malcolm White. If you would, stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11 a.m. Carol and I will be here next Monday for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.